Hello and welcome back to Benaiah, Mighty Man of God by P. H. Thompson, an audiobook. This is chapter 24. When the wife of Uriah heard that her husband was dead, she mourned for her husband. And when her mourning was over, David sent and brought her to his house, and she became his wife and bore him a son. But the thing that David had done displeased the Lord. 2 Samuel 11, 26-27 Benaiah had left Michal's wife, correction, widow, Netaniah, and was now standing awkwardly by the door after informing Bathsheba of Uriah's death. Bathsheba wept at her table. She was incredulous. No, it can't be true. Uriah is a valiant warrior. She referred to her husband as if he were still alive, a common occurrence. He promised to come back to me. Benaiah regretted not bringing Moriah with him along to both homes. She was better at dealing with tears. She'd also think of something comforting to say. Benaiah couldn't even offer any information other than the fact that they had fallen in battle. He had no details about how it happened, although he was sure they had fought valiantly. As was the custom, the bodies would have been buried within a day because of the heat. It would not comfort the widows to know they were buried in enemy territory and would have no permanent marker in Israel. Benaiah stepped forward and kneeled down near Bathsheba. Would you like me to contact your family? Ashima can go for them. She nodded toward her servant, who was standing wide-eyed in the hallway. As she left the home, Bathsheba suddenly sat up straight. Father, how is he? How thoughtless of him. Of course she'd worry about her father's welfare, as he was also one of David's mighty men. There was no news that Eliam was among the fallen. Bathsheba exhaled loudly. Praise be the Lord. I wouldn't be, have been able to bear it if I lost them both. Benaiah couldn't imagine even one loss, let alone two in one family. Bathsheba looked up at him. Benaiah, she whispered, do you think this is a result of what happened? Normally he would not attribute the loss of a soldier in battle to God's punishment on a person, but in Bathsheba's case he had to admit the thought had crossed his mind. He knew better than most that disobedience could result in the death of a loved one. I can't say, he hedged. A fresh round of sobs told him she feared the same. I didn't deserve Uriah, not after what happened. So God took him, and now I'll be alone. A week later, Moriah challenged Benaiah. My husband works in the palace, in the very presence of the king, and I'm always the last person in Jerusalem to know what's happening. Benaiah gave her a sharp look. This isn't private news. Everyone knows the king is taking another wife, as if six weren't enough. And Bathsheba, the poor girl was just widowed, and he only gave her a week to mourn before taking her to live in the palace. It's disgraceful. Couldn't you have talked some sense into him? My job is to guard the king's person. His marriages are none of my business. Strange. Kings often marry for political reasons, but Bathsheba is not from any famous family other than the military connection. I didn't even realize the king knew her, did you? Oh, he knew her all right, but he couldn't tell Mariah about that. Yes, of course. He wouldn't have married her if he hadn't met her before. Perhaps he feels he needs to take her in as she has no children, unlike the other soldiers who fell, Benaiah surmised. I can't believe my friend and neighbor is married to the king. Benaiah did not want to talk about this. He wondered at the suddenness of the marriage as well. Just another example of the king's strange behavior this past year. 
Mariah didn't seem to need any acknowledgement to continue her musings. And it wasn't even a large public event, which is rather odd, don't you think? I need to get to the palace. A month later, Mariah was still curious about palace news. Did you know that Bathsheba is expecting? She asked him privately after dinner. Yes, the king told me last week. He's very proud. Mariah sat up straighter. Last week? And you didn't tell me? You mustn't gossip, Benaiah chided. It's not gossip when her pregnancy is plain for all to see. That much was true. Benaiah noticed that Bathsheba was already showing. He was beginning to put two and two together. It took nine months to make a baby, and David and Bathsheba had only been married less than two months. Strange that she never conceived while she was married to Uriah, but with David she gets pregnant right after the wedding. What are you saying? What was she saying? Mariah huffed and crossed her arms across her chest. Just that God must be blessing their union. As Benaiah thought of it, he understood that Bathsheba must have conceived that night in the spring. Was that why David called Uriah back from battle? He didn't need a first-hand report. He was trying to cover up his sin. Did he hope Uriah would sleep with his wife so he wouldn't have suspected her guilty of adultery when the news came that she was pregnant? That must have been the intent of the note Bathsheba sent, the one that made David angry and caused him to send for Uriah. This pregnancy was not a result of God's blessing on their marriage, but the result of their adultery. Benaiah couldn't keep his anguish to himself any longer. Mariah, I need to tell you something about David and Bathsheba's marriage, but you must keep this between us. Of course. What's happened that has you so upset? Benaiah shared the whole incident, including his feelings of guilt and shame for his inaction that night. I know I should have refused. I should have challenged him, protected her, but I feared disobeying more than anything else. I'm just shocked that David would do such a thing. He has wives and concubines, Mariah responded. Why would he do this? I've wondered that myself. It's never just one factor. Lust, restlessness, abuse of power. But no matter the reason for his behavior, at the time I hoped Bathsheba would speak up and change his mind. Mariah stood and challenged her husband. Did it ever occur to you that if you couldn't refuse the king without fear of repercussions, then maybe Bathsheba couldn't either, especially since she had no one to stand up for her with her husband and father away at war? Benaiah dropped his head. I was hoping she could persuade him, like Abigail had. That was a different situation before he was a powerful king, and in public, where David was surrounded by his men. Those factors influenced his behavior as well, not just Abigail's words. But now, in private, a powerful king summoned his subject, a woman, who was alone. She must have felt she could not refuse him. But he didn't force her. Of that, I'm sure. He wouldn't do that. You weren't there, Benaiah. Even if he didn't physically force her, he coerced her as a powerful man over a woman who couldn't say no. But if she felt that way, why didn't she cry out? Benaiah, she may have been terrified. You said yourself that she didn't seem to know why she was being summoned. She may have been frozen with fear. Poor girl. Benaiah raked his fingers through his hair. I know. I feel ashamed for my lack of resolve. And now Bathsheba feels that Uriah's death is somehow a result of that night. Mariah sank back into her chair. Oh, my dear friend, do you want me to go and speak with her? No, you mustn't say a thing. I'll trust that David will make it right somehow. 
Benaya reached across the table and took Mariah's hand, thanking her for listening. He hadn't realized how much he needed to unload his heart to his wife, and the relief that came with just acknowledging everything that had been burdening him over the past months. But could such a situation be made right? Benaya, come with me. I want to show you my new son. David and Benaya walked to the court of the women, as David did every afternoon to see his family. But this time, his first stop was to see Bathsheba and the son she bore him. David approached Bathsheba. The child was wrapped in a blanket in the crook of her arm. David and Bathsheba shared a smile. How are you feeling, my love? I have quite forgotten my ordeal now that I can hold him in my arms. He was worth all that pain. David tilted his head sympathetically. I do appreciate what you've endured, but what a reward for your labor. David reached forward for the child. May I? he asked. Of course. David took the child from his mother very gently, laid him on the bed beside her, and opened up the blankets so he could take a better look at him. The cooler air startled the child, and he began to cry. There, there, now, little one. You can't let a little draft scare you. You're going to be a brave warrior one day. David turned the child over, picked up his feet in turn, and announced, All is well, ten fingers and ten toes, and look at the strength in his legs. He'll be a fine soldier. Bathsheba laughed. Can I have him for a few years first? I suppose, David conceded, then pronounced, He is perfect, my love. Well done. Continue listening for chapter 25.